0: You're listening to Going Legit. I'm Rachel Dorsey. In this special episode, you're invited to observe a one-on-one mentorship session with a creative, maker, entrepreneur, or a person who wants to be one. Our goal, as always, is to offer a window and a mirror to help you see a reflection of yourself and your challenge or success, while also seeing beyond your situation to what might be possible. This is Going Legit, I'm so glad you're here, Lisa. Thank you so much for being part of this project. It's it's a complete honor to to be across from you and to be um, trusted to work with you through this next thing.
1: Well, I'm really really thrilled that you chose me, and um, I really admire all the work you've been doing. And then especially um, when this pandemic hit, um, especially. Um, Your conversations with other entrepreneurs and other small business owners, um, I've learned a lot um, from what other people have been talking about, and I'm excited to be here with you today. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: So I'd love to hear what's been on your mind. I know um, (laughs) I'd love to get just I know, but for our listeners, um, if you could share just like the briefest nugget of the business that you and Brad have built um, and the industry that you come from and and then share with me what this potential new opportunity is so that we can have some context around sure. the work
1: together. Sure. So um, we are in the wine industry. Uh, we have several businesses. We're down to three. We, we have five, but they're all wine related. Uh, we have Lido Cellars, which is a working Commercial Winery, where we produce about a 1,000 cases. We've started that in 2008. We have Warner Winery Consulting, which is the consulting arm of our business. Uh, we branched that off um, for various reasons uh, a few years ago. And we have Rutherford Equipment Rental. We rent wine production equipment to commercial wineries. Brad started it in 1991, and I on board in 2008 he was in a situation where he either had to grow the business or sell it he didn't have the time to run it because it was a side hustle that turned into something much bigger and then i left um a, a corporate position which i was paid well but um it it just was soul-sucking and I didn't. I didn't want to do it anymore. So I tell people I traded in my frequent flyer miles and suit for uh, a forklift license and boots, and I'm much happier <laughs> because of it. Um, but during that time, um, because of you know someone dedicating the time to it, um, the business has grown three times, um, and you know we're. we're a million dollars in sales at this point. Um, that's definitely not our net income when we're done, but but the sales uh, have gone up to that. So it's a pretty healthy business. Um, we survived the recession uh, in 08, 09. Um, this feels different than that, um, but um, we In addition to renting equipment, we're also distributors for product for resale. Um, We're a distributor for 3M products, which is filtration products. Um, We're also a sub distributor for Scott Labs for filtration products. And about eight years ago, we had an opportunity presented to us to be the master distributor for the entire wine industry in United States um, for a product called aerocide. This product was originally developed by NASA, went up in the space shuttle. It was um, the original intention of the technology was for food uh, preservation to eliminate ethylene gas so that fruit doesn't ripen as quickly and uh, it would stay fresher longer. So what NASA does when they're done with this technology, they send it out in the world develop. So that happened um, with a company called Akita Holdings and they developed airicide as we know it today and it's been used in the wine industry for about 13 years. Primarily it cleans the air and how that works in a wine environment is it removes um, volatile organic compounds from the air and what you don't want in a winery is pertenamiases and mold, right? Because if that infects the barrels or your winery, um, it will show up in the wines. And a lot of people don't care for that. In France, it's not a problem. Here, it tends to be a problem. So we have had a lot of success with that. Um, and it's wonderful. That's just our segment. There's other segments, uh, there's floral. It's used in greenhouses uh, for flowers, cannabis. Um, It's used in big produce warehouses to keep food fresher longer, um, you know, so those raspberries look fabulous by the time they're on your yogurt. Uh, And it's also used in hospitals and dental offices because it has the ability to clean the air of viruses. So, fast forward to this year. I get an email from Akita Holdings saying, um, this COVID thing is blowing up in China, and and this is sold all over the world. And we're not going to be able to fill any orders for the wine industry for at least seven months because we cannot keep up with the production Um, because there are people all over the world need these and they need them now. It's not a silver bullet. It's just added to your sanitation protocol to basically scrub the air. And why this technology is so cool is there's no harmful byproducts that come out of it. There's no ozone or anything. It's amazing the way the technology works. It's just air passing through this unit. It interacts with light and these um, coated tubes. I'm not gonna get too technical for our conversation. And then what comes out is clean air. So our phone isn't ringing. I'm thinking the world is coming to an end. I had a rough three weeks um, when all this first came out. Uh, It was hard. Uh, And then by listening to other people, not just you, Rachel, but other folks, I just decided that I needed to get small and quiet and just kind of stop for a minute, stop trying to fix everything, stop trying to solve every problem. I I just had to sit with my own anxiety and then just kind of be open. So then it dawned on me that we have access to a product that will clean the air. What if we could sell to other industries outside of the wine industry because this is a product that's really needed? I didn't think. Answer was going to be yes. But my proposal to the manufacturer was could we distribute this to any industry in the North Bay, Marin County, Sonoma, Lake, and Napa, whether it's where I do my banking, hotels, restaurants, whatever? And they said yes. And then I was like, well, oh crap. You know, first of all, I'm not an expert. Air, and then second, I felt kind of I felt like a snake oil salesman, which I'm not. I don't want to. I don't know how comfortable I am going to market and saying, "Hey, I've got the thing for you that'll clean the air." I mean, I I can't do it that way. But on the other hand, we have access to a product that will make environment safer, and and that's pretty cool. The other challenge that I have, the first one is, am I qualified to do this? The second thing is, if I add this to my plate, we've, we've consciously taken things off our plate so that we can be more successful at a few things rather than semi-successful at a lot of things so that's another challenge how can i do this and not take away from everything else so that's why i signed up (laughs) to talk to you
0: (laughs) great i love it so first things first holy smokes like this technology sounds incredible it is and so needed it is both for the impact, that the actual impact that it's going to make, and also for the peace of mind. Like, for example, you know, I want my kid's school to have this. I will feel yeah. much more comfortable yeah. if my kid's school can run a filter. You know, I'll feel much more comfortable sending them right. than I would be otherwise. So I feel like you don't, you don't have to be an expert in healthcare to sell, distribute, make deals around a product that was developed by NASA. You know what I'm saying? You have to be a salesperson. Right. You have to know the story. Right. And I do know that. And you have a connection to it because you're not saying, here's this thing that just came out of of nowhere that's going to save the day. You're saying, here's this thing that we've been using for a really long time to solve this problem. And now we're identifying that it can also help with this
1: problem. Right. And and it has been identified as solving those problems. And I have studies and scientific uh, proof. And and there's all this data to support um, what it does. And, And there's been studies conducted in waiting rooms of hospitals in school settings. I mean, all this stuff. So it's not even, I can tell the story, but then I can tell a little bit of the story and then hand off all the data to back up the story. So yeah, that is true. I I do have that.
0: And can you put that data into a neat package, just like you would if you were trying to sell a case of wine
1: Oh, absolutely. And in fact, um, the manufacturer, um, you know, I said, I don't think I have to recreate the wheel. I would imagine that you have presentations and all types of things. And they have a lot of stuff preloaded. So I would not have to recreate it at, at all. And I could lean on them um, for technical support. They're science guys, as I call them. Um, they're happy to jump on a phone call for a presentation because their business model is they don't sell direct. They only use their distributors. So it's in their interest to support their distributors. So that part works really well.
0: so so you're you're scared of being seen as a snake oil salesman. Yeah. You're scared <laughs> of being rejected because you're not an expert in healthcare. Yeah what, and you asked the question, am I qualified? What else you mentioned to me in your application that Brad's all in, he's ready to go. And you are feeling a little hesitant. What, what else is going on for you? (laughs) Why, why else are you not just diving into this head first? Because it really, it hits all of your, the values that I understand from you, you know, hard work, making a difference, um, you know, I don't want to list them all, put them all in your <laughs> mouth, but like you've got, a, you've got a strong set of core values. And to me, this
1: is, this is perfectly aligned. I, I think that the hesitation is, is because, um, usually that comes with the new ideas and the new opportunities, uh, That's said in quotes, by the way. Um, but I end up doing uh, a lot of the heavy lifting. And so my hesitation is, if I jump into this, it's not that wine isn't serious, but we have the saying in the wine industry, you know, it's just wine, no one's going to die today. This is more serious. And if we get into it, it has to be 120%. And if it's 120%, that means that I'm not sending out a release letter for Rosé, and it means that I'm not uh, doing other things. Also, a little nugget kind of thrown in here, um, when this was all happening, um, so Brad and I have done everything by ourselves. We had a key employee, and I will refer to that employee as the third leg of our stool holding us up that did a lot of heavy lifting um, that that left our employment uh, right as her last is um mid march um, but that's okay because we were probably going to have to let her go and and i've also found some discrepancies that are quite troubling so I'm also now doing all of our accounting, all of our feeling on top of everything else. And I'm not feeling particularly trusting uh, right now, as I've just been betrayed in, in the worst possible way, uh, about bringing someone else to help. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of a twofold thing. Yep. And that's huge.
0: And that's going to, that's going to have a big effect on your ability to trust and your ability to work with other people and bring people in for quite a while. Yeah, I think so. Ooh. I um, know. I'm really sorry that that happened.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, we, have, we have a great business attorney and and she's just so awesome. And she said to me, you know, Lisa, okay. So at some point, you just need to stop looking for stuff and let it go, and have that space open in your mind, you know, for the positive things and the productive things. And so I've been concentrating on that, but that doesn't change the fact. So I think that if we do bring in help, it would just not be the third leg of the stool. It would be more administrative help, and 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 things that are less risky uh, to the business to, to share with another employee. Uh, yeah. But, and yeah, maybe it's, it's not just all all and one. Once. Hmm?
0: And maybe it's not just one. Maybe instead of having one person that's carrying a lot with you, you have a few people that you can delegate out to so that nobody, so that at least for a time being, right. nobody else has has so much responsibility that you can't replace them, proceed without them, give them things that you can't trust them to do because they're doing too many. Like they, they oversee too much stuff um, for you to be able to still see in and be checking it out. But I think that there's a lot of things to unpack here. So let's just go back (laughs) for a second. Um, If you I do want to go back to your core values for a second, because for sure, you know, you've been in the wine industry for decades. That is your, that is your, that has been your baby. That has been your passion. Um, the, The wine industry is changing. People will still need wine, but will they still, you know, what is going to be more important to you? You know, when you look back at this 10 years from now. Will it feel, will you feel like you served a bigger purpose if you go really hard in this direction and make a really big difference in this way? Or if you, you know, do your rosé release?
1: I mean, that's a really interesting question. So the other part of this is, is that (coughs) I'm, (laughs) I'm now 55 years old and my, husband and business partner will be 73. And now we're going hard and we wanna go hard, but the other benefit, I guess, of the pandemic is, you know, becoming very conscious of, wow, you know, if this is all over tomorrow, like if this is the end of the story, you know, what, is, what does that look like? And our health is the most important thing. And and if the wine industry went away as we know it, meaning that there will be absolutely no more small producers, and that's who we service, and if it's only the corporate wineries that can survive this type of thing, then our business is going to dry up. So what are we going to do? Because we still... We still need an income stream. We're not in a position where we can't have an income stream. And by pivoting to selling a product, we, we would need no overhead. We could work from home. We don't need to carry any inventory um, because people would you know, pay for it, at least most of it up front. Um, it could be it could be a wonderful thing to do full time five years from now. It 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 could be it it could be perfect, um, and that's what attracted me to it because I was in that mindset when that opportunity came up. And now, as things start to get back a little bit more to normal, and harvest is around the corner, um, you know, we're pretty confident that there's going to be harvest, but. I think I'm moving away from that mindset that I was in when I was able to see how clearly this would work for us. So no, it's you're right. It it would be really awesome to be a part of making things safer for people. I would
0: I would be proud of that. Is there a world in which you bring in enough? lower level support to run and operate the day-to-day of, you know, take, like, could you make a list? So for example, if we had unlimited time together, what I would have you do, and so this should be your homework, some of your homework, is make a list or print out the your job description, his job description and any other job descriptions that, that are required to make the businesses that you need to continue operating or that you think you might want to continue operating like full job descriptions. And then every single thing on that list that does not absolutely have to be done by you, you mark how you can delegate it. Okay. Where can you delegate? Where can you pass things off where you, you know, it will take some more time on the front end because you'll have to train somebody, you'll have to supervise somebody. Um, But what can you delegate either to a staff person or to a firm? So, for example, accounting, bookkeeping, things like that. I have a firm that I trust that does that piece for me. And I have full transparency. I'm still I'm still in there every day. I still do a big piece of it. Um, I still manage the the in the the inflow and the outflow of money, but okay. the accounting and the bookkeeping on the back end, I hire a firm to do it. Some people hiring hire marketing agencies to deal with their strategy and their collateral and their selling their uh, books of sale and all of those things. What can you what pieces can you put into play? And it might be more expensive on the front end. But you budget for it so that you know. Say, say you get a hundred dollars for every unit of whatever, right? You know, and you know it would be nice if you made all hundred dollars of that unit. But it would be better if you if you are focused on the thousand dollar work and you give someone else the hundred dollar work. Do you know what I'm saying? I,
1: absolutely. I mean, and I think with with that airside sales, there there is. We need income, but I have absolutely no problem in sharing that with, with other people. And, and when I say that, I mean, um, you know, hiring other people, other resources, whatever. And now just talking to you, it, I could hire somebody that maybe does have a background in uh, health care to To make those presentations and and let them um, share in that wealth, I would have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, I know Brad is less enthusiastic about that, but, but I but I I certainly know that I can't do it all, um, and, and I don't think could either, and, and I think. I think I need to write up a business plan for this for this yeah. uh, for this division and then you know there's there's big marketing questions I have. You know, are we all run for equipment, you know, the wine people for that or do we have another division for that? Um, you know there's I would
0: say you questions. have a whole entire you have a whole different brand for that. Yeah that's what I think too. You know, and, and what I would say is that from a business structural perspective, like you would want to have one LLC and then you'd have a few different DBAs, so that everything everything still funnels back to to you guys and yeah. your core business. Yeah. But you you have the different brands, just you have different websites, you have different presences entirely.
1: And that's just what like we do how now. right.
0: Great. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just another thing because yeah. you don't want. Araside is not a tractor. It right. is not another one of your offerings. It is its own entire business. Right, And in terms of, of, of Brad's hesitation to sort of share the pot, you know, what I, what I, the visual I like to use when sort of um, encouraging someone to open up a little bit is like, would you rather have a hundred percent of a donut or, you know, 75 to, you know, 50 to 75% of like a
1: extreme pizza? Right. His issue is, is that it's, it's not, it's not the income per se. We've had We haven't done the best job of finding helpers um, because we've had some part-time helpers come in and help us with little bits and pieces. And I I just think that out of desperation, we've made less thoughtful decisions than maybe we should have. And I think really the key there is really the time to find the right person and not just Mm -hmm. finding someone and saying we've actually said these words well we'll try it out and if it works great and if it doesn't then yeah we'll find someone else and then that just ends up taking up way too much time and i'm not referring to the situation i was telling you about earlier i'm talking about just in general just in general
0: yeah yeah so the 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 language that i often think about is hire slowly, fire quickly. Okay. And, um, so yeah, write that down. (laughs) It's really hard to fire somebody. I mean, once someone's an employee, it's really hard to let them go. Um, especially in California. Um, although we have a different, you know, financial climate right now and a different business climate right now. So it it is a little easier if you have to let someone go to do that. Um, but, but there is absolutely no reason to onboard somebody immediately. You can you can figure out a way to to give them some test runs, to give them a trial period to see how it goes. Um, you you don't have to open up everything to them right away. Um, and also, we're in a pretty good hiring market. It's a weird hiring market because people who are, un- who are on unemployment are hesitant to come off of it. Right. Um, but it's gonna run out. At some point right and so I think that you know finding finding the the right people and it doesn't they don't all have to be employees it can be some business to business if you figure out what arms you want to roll out to firms right. and then what piece you're the best at. And then that's what you built. So is it building a sales team? Is it that you're going to be the one person sales team? And you also, you have an accompanying video or you have like a, you know, a proceeding message from somebody at NASA that like leads the intro for you before right. you even start speaking. Um, there's lots of creative ways to give yourself the credibility, but Um, in terms of sort of circling back to, to the snake oil piece, you, you aren't ever going to go into a room and say, I'm a medical professional and I know this thing. You're going to go in and say, I'm a distributor of this incredible product that has worked for me for years at this one thing. And, and now, because there's a need, we're making a pivot and we want to offer it to you so that
1: you can A, B, and C. Right. That's, that's, it sells itself. It does. It always has sold itself. It, it's not. It And our. In every single one of our businesses. The one thing. That is constant. Is. How can we solve a problem for you? Whether. It's. Um, helping you. With the equipment that you need. Um, to make your wine. Whether it's making wine that you would like to drink that doesn't have additives and preservatives, or whether it's consulting um, in such a way that your vision is recognized. We're not putting our vision on top of you. Um, it's all about really helping people um, get to where they need to go. So with side outside of the wine industry, it really is the same message. I don't have to hard sell it. Here's this product. Here's the problem it can help you with. And let us know if you're interested. That's that's how I sell it to the wine industry. I could sell it to the anyone else in the same way. It's really just sharing this knowledge and sharing, hey, did you know about this? Here's some information. I think it could help. That's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So it really sounds to me like, it sounds to me like you want to do it.
1: I would like to do it. I really, I think it's very exciting. I think if we were ever to wind down our other businesses, that it would be something to keep us engaged. Neither one of us is interested in what I would call traditional retirement um, mm-hmm. at, at all. So um, I, I like I like that idea that it would keep us engaged in our community, keep us working. Um, again, if necessary, without any overhead, which would be nice to have that kind of business as a, as a choice instead of all the Mm -hmm. other businesses where there's a lot of overhead involved.
0: Yeah. 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 It's um, running lean has been the way that I have built my business. Um, And I have been, I have been very often pushed to get bigger to take on a lease, to, to take on full-time employees, to, to take on a sales team, to build the business. And that never felt right for me. I always felt like there were too many, too many risks, mm-hmm. um, too much weight, too much pressure. And for me, I'm so glad that I followed that instinct because right. I would be screwed right now. If we had a lease, if we had employees, if we had, um, you know, this, this change, you know, all production is halted if this, and who knows when people will be be able to be 30 people, 30 person crew, a hundred talent on a set ever again, Wow, you know, for a commercial. So it's, so I'm grateful that we've remained lean and that, that allows us to sort of scale up and scale back. And I think that, um, I think that this, what you're talking about is the, is the opportunity of the future and the fact that it is coming to you, the fact that you have already done this before, like to me, it, like if you don't take it and I, I mean, gosh, I usually don't get so aggressive, but like, if you don't take it, you're going to regret it. I really believe that that's true. Yeah.
1: And I And that's the other thing too. I mean, there was that moment of, I mean, we, we are so fortunate. We're so fortunate that we have businesses. I mean, worst case with Rutherford Equipment Rental, you know, we have assets. We could we could sell off, you know, a couple of tanks a month and, you know, have food and shelter, you know, based on those sales. Yeah. I mean, we're so fortunate. And, and here's this thing that we already have that I can do something else with. I mean, we're ridiculously, um, I mean, we're in, we're in an incredible position and and I'm very, very aware of that. And And I certainly, when I wanted to talk to you about this, I didn't want to appear ungrateful for it, certainly. But I feel like you do. I mean, that's what prompted me to make those phone calls in the first place. I mean, if no one else is going to come to Northern California and hit these industries. I mean, and I thought about the people I know. I thought about my bay. I thought about my grocery store. I thought about my favorite restaurant. We already have them in the winery. And my friend said to me, she says, you know, Lisa, when they open up tasting rooms again, knowing that you have the airsides in your tasting rooms makes me feel more comfortable coming there. Um, You know, and that's another thing. I could approach all the tasting rooms where we already have the aerosides in the production area. And Mm -hmm. um, because they're with the Wine Institute right now, um, the Wine Institute is working with the state um, on what that's going to look like when tasting rooms are open again. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, sanitation is a huge part of it. So, yeah, I need help. So, I think I I need help. I need to write that list. I need to come yep. up with a plan and you need to start. Yes. A business and I need plan. to do it right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. And the, you know, I know that you feel an obligation to your club members and you feel an obligation to, um, to the people who are used to hearing from you on a somewhat regular basis, but, um, hate to say it and I don't mean to offend, but nobody's going to notice if it comes two weeks late. No one's going to notice if it's shorter, right? you know? So this is why you need to make that list of what can you take off your plate? What, what needs to be, what, what are all the things that need to get done? Right. What can come off your plate? What can be redistributed to other people in other ways, whether it's part-time employment, full-time employment, contractors, business to business relationships, figure out what you can farm out. Do that audience analysis. Really make a list of, of, of the different types of businesses that, that will benefit from this product. Right. You've done this. You don't need me to tell you. But also, th- when you when you make that list, prioritize it. Prioritize yeah. it, I would recommend, in two ways. The first is existing relationships. So that you can demonstrate when you go to those colder relate or those like softer relationships yeah. or, or non-existent, right. so you can demonstrate that people have already picked it up in this new way. So that means <clears throat> you have it already in the in the production. So get it into the tasting rooms, then get it into your local community, the people that you have businesses that you have personal relationships with. Right. Get it into schools. Schools are going to be one of the biggest hurdles, but as soon as you get it into schools. Everybody else is going to pick it up because if if it's good enough for our kids, it's good enough for everybody.
1: Wow. Okay, I, I know in other parts of the country, schools are a, a large segment of end users for this product. Um, it's it's, it's already there. It's already. There.
0: Yeah. So, and that's part of it. I mean, I would recommend that you, you have sort of like an intro statement of who it is, who it was made by, why it was created, um, that you include several case studies from different industries, just like you would for wine, right? Right. Like one's for Pinot, one's for, you know, Sauv, and it's like one's for schools, one's for hospitals, one's for tasting rooms. Like you just have a case study for each of these things and you have a whole really beautifully produced book. That is your leave behind that you mail to them because you're not coming in for an in-person meeting right now. That's right. So you ship it, you ship them the book or you send them the PDF, you save the cost of printing because nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants another thing anyway. Or you build a really beautiful website that has everything just right there. Right. And you don't even need to worry about the printing or even the cost of of too much design because you can do it right there in the website. Right. Um, You know, and you work with a team who's going to build that for you, who's going to take all these materials and put them together. You don't have to do that.
1: Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's part of it. You know That's definitely not my area of expertise.
0: Definitely Yeah, not you build you're the business you're the business owner. You're the business owner and you're the closer.
1: Right. Hold on one second. <laughs> Hold on one second. So sorry. Holding on. Hold on. You're never gonna Hi Karen. I'm i we are being attacked by carpenters. And that's a a problem because I live in a log house and they are the uh, equivalent of flying termites. So, yeah. Oh my God,
0: get (laughs) them out of here.
1: Well, this is exciting, Rachel. And I think that what I needed to do and and what I love about how you coach um, your clients, the service that you um, give your clients. And you and I did this, gosh, what, in 08 together for Lino Sellers. I think entrepreneurs and small business owners, sometimes we're working so lean that we just, we get in our own head and, and we're having a conversation with ourselves. Not always the best person to have a conversation with. So I think it's really helpful to be able to have someone that you trust. And I, trust you, uh, you can just talk things through with and, and, um, it's like having a business therapist that plays it, (laughs) plays it back, you know, and, and we can discuss it and you can say, well, have you thought about this? And have you done this? And I actually feel more excitement and less dread just having this small conversation with you. And, um, you know, I really appreciate that. I think I think that's the benefit of networking, which I definitely do not make time for. I, I, I absolutely should make time for it. I, I see everything that you're involved with. And when you come back from these sessions or these retreats, how inspired you are and, and how full of new ideas. And honestly, I I don't take the time to do that. And, and I need to because that recording that's in my own head isn't isn't always the best one a thousand percent a thousand percent
0: I'm I'm honored by the really really kind and generous words you just shared and I'm so glad that I can be of service in this way um you know as you know you were you were my first favorite boss ever um you took a chance (laughs) on on little old me and um, really believed in me to grow. And then, when I started my business originally, you were one of my very first clients. Um, and so it feels really um, just really good for me to be able to still be collaborating with you in this way and and being a thought partner with you in this way. Um, I think that I think that you're a hundred percent right. When we're so tunnel vision, we forget that um, we forget to have conversations. Sometimes it's Uh just so like, put out the fire, make the next decision, do the next thing on the list. Go, go, go. Right. Particularly also when, when we're in business with our partner. Right. So, um, yeah, it is, it is such an honor to, to be able to have these conversations with you. And before we close, I just want to get. Um, I just want to go back through your to-do list to make sure that it's crystal clear for you so that you have your action items and we don't just leave this conversation with a feeling, but we leave it with a real, like plan. what's going to happen. Yeah. A plan. That's the word. That's the word. (laughs) So, so so what's on your to-do list?
1: Well, the first thing I'm going to do is basically just download my brain, um, with everything that needs to be done. I do that exercise probably about once every three months um, in general, but I'm going to be very focused on tasks um, as opposed to projects. Um, what tasks need to be done? Because that's that's where you get lost in the weeds, I think, yeah. with all that. And, and then I'm going to prioritize them um, and then i'm going to see what i absolutely have to do and what i don't and then what i don't i'll probably end up grouping those in categories to see how i can outsource them and then i'll start looking for resources that's that's what i'm going to do with all that the next thing that i'm going to do is I'm a visual person and I'm also a planner, so I am going to sketch out what an ideal business would look like um, structurally, what would happen as we pivoted outside the wine industry, and who I would approach first. That would be the business plan part of it, probably also be a lot of diagrams love diagrams Um, (laughs) of of flow and and how it would work because I, i feel like i have to have that before i know what i need for resources i don't want to flip it i also think that's been part of our um i mean we learn every time we learn every time we learn every day especially um with with hiring either employees or outside contractors. And the one thing that I've learned is, you know, no one can be successful unless you, the business owner, give someone clear direction. So I have to know what I need before I bring someone on board. I don't think we're in a position to say, come help us figure it out. We need to figure it out and then slot in the right people. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: And then, and I would recommend that you actually, it is a lot. And I would recommend that you organize it um, in separate places for your different businesses, because what's going to happen as you're thinking is, and maybe it's all on the same sheet and it's just in different columns so that it's all right there. What's going to happen is you're going to be like, oh, I need to do this for this business and I need this for this business and all. And then that triggers you thinking about that but if everything is meshed together, it's gonna be very difficult for you to organize
1: it. Yeah.
0: So that's what I do.
1: I'll have to be, there will be four columns. Great. You know, and then, you know, the the other thing that this makes me a little sad is I've just with this pandemic too, decided I'm gonna work from home on Fridays. And I feel pretty, I feel very strongly about not losing that um, as we grow yet again. And I'm going to work that into this plan. I'm going to have a column for me, which I have not done before, um, but I feel like I need to. Um, I feel like I to make sure that those needs are addressed because um, I'm finding my creativity again. I'm finding time to think. Um, I, I I need at least four hours. And going back to what you said earlier, when you're in business with your partner, it's challenging that four hours to yourself where you can just have that space to think. And Rachel, I can't imagine that and having two young children under 10 years old. Well, you know, I will, I will tell you, I will tell
0: you that in the last, you know, when, when, when school still was a thing, when school still existed, um, for the last six months or so, every Friday I worked a half day, but I kept my kids in school full day. And I spent the second half of the day doing the things that I needed to do to like decompress, do some brainstorming, do some planning, like get a massage, (laughs) like do the things that I (laughs) wanted to do alone so that I could go into the weekend as a, as an engaged parent. Because if I worked, you know, we own businesses. We're thinking about it all the time. It's like you wake up in right. the morning, you start working. You end right. working at some point, you take care of the other responsibilities of your household, and then you're thinking about your job again. You're thinking about your business. You're thinking about you're talking about your work with your partner. So you ha- like it is so good that you're that you're making that time for yourself and I'm glad we're talking about it because um we w- it is not, it is like not in vogue and it's not sexy as a business owner to talk about making space, you know, like a lot of people say, right. like, no, it's hustle, 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 hustle. But if you don't have that space, you, you, you lose your creativity. So I feel like it's great that we said yeah. this and I hope everybody who's listening just remembers that like you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Otherwise you're not going to be able to, to, to build and grow if you're depleted you have no
1: fertility, no soil to build from oh it's and it's so true, and just doing it for three weeks in a row, I'm stunned at what a huge difference difference such a small amount of time actually had yeah i i can't even I can't even tell you and and um and my partner. Notice the difference. It's like, oh, you seem lighter. Yeah. You seem more at ease. You seem more grounded. And it's like, yeah, I, you know, I I don't need, oh, I shouldn't say that. Of course, I would love to go away to a spa for a week. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I don't n- need that necessarily. It's just, I just need a small, little tiny bit. Um, otherwise, I'd. Burn out and I crash hard. Yeah. And then, then I lose, you know, a few days of productivity just yeah. because I'm just toast. So I'm going to work that into the schedule. Beautiful. Too. Good. Yeah. Well, this is exciting stuff, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for your help. And I definitely am going to follow up with you outside of this, uh, outside of this conversation because I've I really have enjoyed this time and I could benefit from spending more time with you.
0: Let's do it. You've been listening to Going Legit. I hope you're walking away with a new idea, a new perspective, or perhaps a new sense of what might be possible. Please take a moment to send a silent wish of hope to our subject. It takes vulnerability and bravery to step up in such a bold and public way. And for that, we can all be grateful. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, you can apply at goinglegit.co. You can also go there for resources, tools, and some workshops that are available on demand. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey. It's executive produced by Bone & Gold, edited by Chelsea DeCuba, with original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. And please, please, please share with your friends. I'm Rachel Dorsey. Thank you for listening.